Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. This is your host, Kelly Sisson, and I'm so happy to introduce you to Felicity Fox today. Felicity is a published author. She has been able to have one of her books turned into a musical. I mean, how amazing is that? It's pretty phenomenal. She was able to do a book with her brother doing the illustration. She talks us through her creativity, the writing process, how she really even began writing. And you know what's so interesting? is as as I was listening to her share some of her book, by the way, which is amazing. But as I was listening to her, I really noticed that a lot of her key themes that she writes about on are, you know, on the surface um, seem to be, you know, just fun little stories, but actually often have a much deeper meaning. I cannot wait for you guys to be able to hear from her. And don't forget at the end, we'll talk about her books. We'll talk about resources and how you can access those if you would like to. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks, Felicity, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. I'm wondering, can you do an introduction of yourself? I would be happy to. Uh, My name is Felicity. I am an author. Mm -hmm. I am also a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter, a sister, an aunt. Let's see, I'm a cousin. I'm a godmother. And most of all, I'm a child of God. Uh Um, I love to read and write. Mm -hmm. Um, I am beyond blessed to be a stay-at-home mom. I have an eight-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, my days are spent running, literally running around after them. And I love it. um, (laughs) I'm one of those moms that really likes being home with my children. Um, Don't get me wrong. I'm human and nap time is not a bad thing. But I I really like it. In fact, when school starts, I kind of get sad because I I like them being home. Mm yeah, I would say that's about way to describe me, I think. Yeah, that's a perfect summary. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. You know, I don't think I shared this with you, but I love your name. So so your is this your married name or is this your maiden name? So actually, Felicity Fox is actually a pen name that I use. And it's fascinating how I came up with it. And people love this story. Yeah. So my favorite movies of all time uh-huh. are Back to the Future. Oh, I love and, that. <laughs> right? They are sensational. Yes. And Michael J. Fox, he is such a resilient man yes. through having his Parkinson's. And, and he... He has a happy family, and you never hear yucky things about him in the news. Yeah. And so the fox is after him. And Felicity, ironically, it just sounded good with it. But at the time, and this is ironic because I know she's in the headlines a little right now, but Felicity Huffman, uh-huh. back when I chose this name, she was on Desperate Housewives. And oh. I remember watching the show, and she plays this crazed mother. Uh-huh. And as much as she loved her kids, she was going crazy. And now at the time, I wasn't even married. We didn't have children. Yes. And I remember going, oh, dear Lord, is that how motherhood is? Uh-huh. And I liked her. And I liked just her presence. I liked her acting. I liked in real life, she had this website where she talked about motherhood. Yeah. And I thought the name sounded good. And so, and I liked the way she portrayed things. And so that's why I chose the name, actually. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. That's um, fascinating and fantastic. And you did an excellent job at picking that because every time I would look at your name, I'm like, that is such an awesome name. (laughs) 
I the alliteration, so right? Yes, I love it so much. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about your books? Oh, absolutely. So I have several. My debut one, which I think I'll talk primarily about today, is called Where the Holidays Go. Mm -hmm. But let me take a little tangent and go on my couple of my other ones. Now, a lot of them I had um, self-published. Mm -hmm. So they will be professionally published within the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. So like on my website, there are some, but they're not in the best form they could be. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting was I did this book about the carousels and it's a long story short, but my son and my neighbor's grandson were having a play date mm -hmm. and she happened to see my book, didn't know I was a writer. And a couple of days later, she said, you know, the visitor center here locally wants to um, advertise for you, basically wants to promote you. So oh. she had t told them. So mm -hmm. I went down there and I brought my book. And again, this was when it was in the self-published version. And they said, you know, it's, they have a whole museum there mm -hmm. because what I didn't realize was our area is kind of famous. We had what was called EJ shoes back in the day, people would come to our countries and they get to the border and they'd say, which way EJ? They didn't know. They couldn't speak very good English. Oh. And it turns out the founder was amazing. He built these homes for the employees to live in and he had these parks free for them to use and all oh the parks, gosh. most of them, have pools and have a carousel that he had donated. How cool. So to this day, there are six carousels. We are known as the carousel capital of the world mm -hmm. and they are free to use from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And so the ladies at the visitor center said, hey, Felicity, you know, there's never been a book done. I wonder if you'd be interested. I think in part because my books all rhyme. Mm -hmm. So she was reading and kind of giggling and chuckling. And mm -hmm. so I took some flyers home because to be honest, I didn't know much about the carousels. I didn't grow up here. Yes. Yep. So I took the flyer. I created a book that rhymes that has history in it, but it also has some amusing. Um, how do I explain it? I use my literary license to have some fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, creating these um, horses that come alive and no one's looking. That's um, awesome. So that is on my website as well as this novel. My dad had had a dream years ago mm -hmm. and he called me and he said, you need to write a book on this. And so I did. And the novel is something I've never done before. And I was surprised at how it came together. Uh -huh. I, I didn't know what to expect. I'm used to writing in rhymes, used to writing short little paragraphs. And all of a sudden this book happened and it's very much like a Nancy Drew novel mm -hmm. <laughs> unintentionally. It's a mom or I'm sorry, a daughter who lost her mom mm -hmm. and she's going to live with her grandparents. Um, I'm excited that that's going to come out in the winter time. It's that's called awesome. the Arden, um, the Ardendale mysteries, hidden family gems. Oh, awesome! But I think the main one I want to talk about today, although I did want to mention them was my holiday books. Yes. There are four in the series, but right now just one is out. The other three will be out about once a year. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Where the Holidays Go. Mm -hmm. And I started writing it when I was a kid. I remember in September, I was excited because the fall is my favorite time of year. Mm -hmm. And I got a kick out of going to the store and buying freshly sharpened pencils mm -hmm. and folders and notebooks. And the autumn, the way that I live here in New York and the way that the autumn, the air becomes crisp mm -hmm. and suddenly you smell pumpkins and apples. And I was a sucker for those type of things. Yeah. And so my birthday's <laughs> right before Halloween. 
Mm-hmm. And then I loved Halloween. But then my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. And uh-huh. so, and gosh, and who doesn't love Christmas, right? Right. <laughs> and so those four months were like a whirlwind for me. And I remember after Christmas saying, where'd Santa go? And what about the decorations, like the scarecrows, the poor scarecrows, where are they bored Mm -hmm. sitting in like the closet? And I came up with this story. And then what happened was years and years later, my husband owns and runs a business. Mm -hmm. And I would go on a business trip with him before we had children. And I remember I took the story with me and I kept working and I kept working and I kept working on it. And suddenly it was something. And what I did was at the time, my uncle was married to a wonderful woman named Patty. Mm -hmm. And um, she is the daughter of Johnny Hart, the comic strip BC. He's passed away. Um, But my cousins at the time had taken over the comic strip. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, what do I do? I have a book here and I just been pushed to do this for 20 years. How do I do something with it? And she said, what you need is an editor. Mm -hmm. And I knew what editing was, but it never occurred to me. Mm -hmm. So she gave me the editor for the comic strip who read it over and said, you know, this is something you should keep going. And she gave me some pointers. And then she said, here's an editor I think you'd be a good match with. Mm -hmm. And she, um, she made sure to talk with the editor ahead of time Mm -hmm. and she paired us up now we've never met she lives in california i'm in new york Uh but we are in constant contact she's edited all my books for me and it made the book into what it is so the book is about valentine's day Mm saint patrick's day easter halloween thanksgiving and christmas and these six holidays live together on a private area by themselves no one knows about it like the human eye can't see it and I named it this is funny I named it Gomet Um, I'm a ginormous fan of the genius brilliant Tom Hanks Uh and those movies you've got mail Joe versus the volcano sleepless in Seattle he and Meg Ryan have such a chemistry together on screen and I would watch those movies on repeat along with Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And I took the names Tom and Meg and I mixed up the letters and I came up with the word Gomet. Oh, I love and it. that's what I named the yeah. village. So they um, each holiday has their own specific street that they live on and they prepare all year long for mm-hmm. their holiday on Earth. So Santa vacations here and trick or treats here. Uh-huh. Um, the There's gobble diner on thanksgiving drive and the scarecrows cook there Uh and the pilgrims work there Uh so it just developed into this beautiful colorful rich story and that's my most recent children's book in all rhymes that is professionally published but the cool thing is it's going to be a series of one of four so each um book after that's going to come one a year Uh and so there's a prequel a sequel and like a mix-up and in the end my dream which I'm gonna put out here for the first time is I'd like to make it into some kind of event Mm -hmm. what happened was this last Christmas my husband and I were at with our children we're at like something called the Christmas experience it's a local thing they do in a hotel Mm -hmm. they have Christmas carol carolers horse and carriage rides, mm-hmm. arts and craft room, a movie room, a snack room. They have a little room where like some zoo animals come 
we have reindeer come. It is this all-inclusive experience for Christmas. It's very similar to the Polar Express. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, where kids go on a train and take a ride and have chocolate, right? Mm -hmm. And at the time, I'd been thinking about doing something with my book, and then this event happened, and I believe that God put it in my path for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's continued on in my mind. And recently, I had my launch party for my book, which is where I rented the space and people came and bought the book and celebrated with me. Mm-hmm. And I had crafts there for the kids to do things like I had, they could make a letter and it had stamps from all the holidays. So there were Valentine's hearts and there were turkeys mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving and they could make their own cards. And it was such a hit that the grown-ups were doing it. Oh, and it occurred to me that I could make some kind of live event where families could come in. It'd be a family-friendly friendly event. Families could come in and they could visit one of the holidays or maybe make Valentine's with Cupid mm-hmm. or maybe shoot arrows with Cupid right. or tend to the four-leaf clover with the leprechauns right. or color Easter eggs with the Easter bunny and so on. So that's my <laughs> my dream for far in the future. It would take years to develop. And I know the logistics are crazy and insane, but I believe that I'm going to do something like this down the road. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't think that sounds crazy and insane at all. I actually like I love when people dream big and work towards those dreams. I think that's really cool. So that's awesome. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing uh, your different stories and such. You know, I'm really curious if you had to pick one, just one of I know it's like tough. A lot of times authors hate this question, but I'm just so curious. <laughs> if you had to pick one of your books is like, this is my favorite. What would you say? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I would think I would say Where the Holidays Go, the one that I wrote. Mm-hmm. I also have a favorite one that I've read. But as far as the one that I've done, I like to rhyme and give voice to inanimate inanimate objects. Uh-huh. So I find it amusing. I would say, though, that like when I wrote the novel, I was really surprised how well it came together. I would stay awake at night being like, wait, I have another idea. I better write it down. Yeah. And so... I think the process for each of them has their own pluses. Yes. But I think what was most fun to write was where the holidays go because I would find myself laughing. There's a part where like the leprechauns cried and used all the tissues <laughs> because the haunted ho- the haunted house scared them. Like oh, that's no. funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so and the kids always chuckle over the trick or treating Santa. And so I would say that one so far has mm-hmm. been my favorite to write. And I also, if you want to know, I, I actually have. Oh my gosh. I'm a ginormous um, Lucinda Riley fan. I like how she bounces back and forth between the present and the past. Yes. I love that. But, do that too. Yes. And my favorite book though, ironically is not by her, but it's called um, all the stars in the heavens. It's by Adriana Trigiani. I hope I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. her name correctly. It was, um, it was the golden age of Hollywood. It had like the splendor and otherworldliness of movie stars and the lengths them and the studios would go to keep the scandal out of the headlines. And it's actually a true story, but it was obviously fictionalized. But there was an actress named um, Loretta Young Uh and she and her sisters all were actresses, but she was like a big, you know, like a Meryl Streep type. Mm -hmm. Um, She actually got involved. Like she was in movies with Spencer Tracy and Cary Grant and Clark Gable Mm-hmm. And Clark Gable and Loretta Young actually had a daughter, but he was married. So he was kind of like Lady in the Tramp. He was charming and handsome, but she was sweet and lovely. So they got involved. And gosh, it's crazy to think of now. They couldn't get away with it. But 
she essentially escaped Mm -hmm. and went away and then showed up a year later with a baby and said she adopted a baby. And the truth didn't come out until just before she passed away about 20 years ago. Mm. And even though the story is fictionalized just for the sake of reading, it's actually a true story, what really happened. And it's just neat to read back in you know, the 20s and 30s and 40s. You're, you're reading about sitting in front of a fireplace and not having real heat. Right. And it's, it's, it's something about it fascinated me. Her way of storytelling just gripped me. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I love that when you read a story like that and it's just so, um, yeah, it's it just like, I don't even know how to really word it, but I feel like that about um, Julie Murphy. I don't know if you've heard of her. She I have wrote, not. Yeah, she wrote Dumplin' and then what was the other one that I read from her? Oh, Puddin' and... Um, oh, there's another one that she wrote that's really good. But she goes back and forth between different characters and their yes. perspective of things and future and past. And I just I love when people when people do that and you feel like you're really even just really um in the situation with them, you know, and especially when it's past things like the book that you were just talking about. I can definitely see how that would be fun to almost just live, a you know, a little bit vicariously, I guess, <laughs> through the writing. That's really great. I am actually editing a book right now that it doesn't necessarily go into the past, but the author has several point of views to the story, which I find fascinating because she'll tell the same story from a different person's point of view. Oh, and by the way, I bought the book for my mom for Christmas this past year. That's how much I liked it. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah, well, thank you for for sharing that. It sounds like... If I'm understanding correctly, I mean, from a very, very early age, you started writing. Yes. Yeah. So how did you, you just one day you were like, you know, I'm going to pick up this piece of paper and a pencil or did you, have you always kind of had like an active imagination or? Yes. You know, I would say, I, I think it stems back a little to the way I was raised. I was the youngest and the only girl. Mm -hmm. And my brothers are much older than me. They're 13, 10 and eight years older than me. And we were all close and wonderful. And my most fun memories are spending time with them and their friends. Mm -hmm. Absolute blast. Um, But I would say in a lot of ways, I was like an only child because here I was eight, nine years old and all my brothers were gone. They were either had their own apartments or mm-hmm. were off to college or working right. and maybe they were home, but they were only home long enough to change their clothes and go to work because they'd been at school. So in many ways, I was like an only child. So I used to carry around a pencil, like a mechanical pencil mm-hmm. and um, like a little notebook. I remember my dad letting me go down the street to Rite Aid mm-hmm. and buying you know, here's $6, go buy yourself something. Uh-huh. It was a big deal. And I'm sure some children came back with stuffed animals and video games. Well, the version of video games, you know, 30 years ago. Uh-huh. But f- for me, I came back with a notebook and a pencil yeah. and I got lost. And I think for me, I was very involved in my church, both teaching and attending and several nights a week. And I absolutely loved, loved, loved it. And I think when I wasn't there, I was sitting at my parents' pool and I was writing. So I, as a young child, I loved it. And I think that I was encouraged in school. English was my favorite subject. And mm-hmm. I remember distinctly in a junior, my junior year before the regions, our teacher had us take practice test and the regions would have two or three um, prompts that mm-hmm. you had to write an essay on. And so when we were practicing, the prompts may not 
it might just be one sentence and you took it where you wanted to. But I remember I would take it to stories about perhaps my family or my brothers or adventures. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember the teacher saying, Felicity, you need to go with the family angle because when you write about your family, you excel. Writing happen is just your thing. You're very good at it. Uh-huh. And so I think that encouraged me. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until recently, actually. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just my calling. And so it's just one of those things as a child I loved. And I think it's sometimes an, an escape, right? When you're a yes. mom and a wife and yes. it allows you to get out. Yeah. So I think I've always had it since I was little. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. You know, it's really interesting. I was just recording a podcast episode last night and um, we did a a live recording of it. It was really fun. But one of the things that um, both myself and Melissa, who was a guest on there, were talking about the way that when we were younger, we didn't always know this, but there were like foundational parts of us that showed through then that are still the same today. And when you think of it like that, I think that um, helps you feel really strong and your desire and your beliefs and where you want to move forward because it's it's always been there. Absolutely. Great. You know, I'm wondering, can you, you are um, a ghostwriter as well as um, you do some freelance editing. Is that correct? I do. Okay. Can you explain for people who maybe aren't real sure what that means or kind of new to the writing world, can you explain what that means? Oh, absolutely. It is my dream job. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. So a ghostwriter is somebody who essentially writes a book for you, but you get the credit. Uh-huh. And I would say that I do this through the years since college. In college, I was editing a friend's papers and then typing them up because 20 years ago, computers weren't as prevalent as they are today. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the library to use them right. and they didn't have access. So they would handwrite a paper and I would type it and I'd edit it as I go along just because I did it and I liked it. Mm-hmm. And ghostwriting, I think through the years between, I mean, maybe I've written some people's um, friends like biographies for their websites yep. or for a resume. And so ghostwriting, it can go a bigger level. Um, Tim Tebow, Hillary Clinton, um, I don't know that Michelle Obama, but it's possible. A lot of celebrities books you see mm-hmm. are not written by them. It's people that have interviewed them yes. and they write it from the standpoint. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So even Michael J. Fox, who, you know, I'm fond of him, even yeah. his books, yeah. he may probably didn't write them. Yep. So that's ghostwriting where you're essentially are writing the book, pretending you're somebody just because you've interviewed them extensively, but they're getting the credit. So the ghostwriter is not in the book. And I actually am certified. I took a course and I'm uh-huh. certified ghostwriter, but the editing, oh Lord. So I'm a freelance editor. Sorry, that, that means- cracked me up when you said, oh Lord. <laughs> it's just my dream job and I don't think I realized until I got involved with my editor how much I liked it because I would write my stories and be blissful and then I'd send them to her and she'd write she'd send back and I'd see the email and it was like I think the first thing was I realized someone else believed in my story and that's not fair to my family because my family rooted on and my husband was more than supportive but to have a professional come back and look at it and say Felicity, this is good. Right. And they, you know, they didn't basically throw it out and say, oh, give it up, girl. Right. So I think that was the first thing. And then I'd see some red marks and she'd say, you know, you need a verb here. Or she'd kind of switch a sentence around because I did like passive voice, which is a little complicated to explain. But there was a lot of things that she pointed out through the years. Yeah. And each time I'd get better and better and better. And I felt like 
that was my calling. And I remember thinking, if I could do this, if I could do this, like, I loved it. And then I would just help friends with things like that. Or my husband for his business, sometimes before he sends an email (laughs) or before he sends a tweet, he'll have me look it over to make sure. And I just, there's something in my soul that was stirred. Mm -hmm. And what, how it came to be was my publishing company has an in-house editing team. And so I was able to sign on with them. Mm -hmm. And now I get you know, I love it. I right now I'm actually doing two books simultaneously. That's and awesome. these authors are beautiful, beautiful men and women who their hearts on the line and they're sending their story to me and saying, please believe in me, Felicity. And, and I do, and I just cheer them on and it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my that's dream. A beautiful just, process. My goodness. I praise God because it's just my dream. And you know what? Being a stay at home mom, I'm able to do it while I'm home with my children. Right. Um, and it's nice, too, because, you know, if I know there's a busy week coming, I may not be able to commit this week. Right. You know, so maybe I can't take that extra project, but it's a blessing. And I think as a note to the listeners, I think when you want something and you start pursuing it, God's going to open the path for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you so much for explaining that. You can hear the passion in your voice. Oh, you as can? You, yes, I love it, though. I love it. You can hear that you're so passionate about that and being able to, it sounds to me like really um, support people through that time and yes. um, provide them with some really honest feedback about things, but encourage them to continue forward. So that's really cool. My dad always said to me growing up, find something you love to do and find somebody that'll pay you to do it. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know what? Doing this... I can't believe I'm getting paid. Like yes. I truly honest to God feel that way mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Yeah. Praise that's, God. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place, you know, to be when you get paid to do something like you say that you're so passionate about and love so much. So I'm really happy for you about that as well. That's really cool. Thank you. Like I appreciate the support. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So you had offered to share a few pages of your book. I just wanted oh, to see if sure. you still want to do that. I'm excited to hear some of that. So if you can tell absolutely. us which book it is and then whatever pages you want to share. Yeah, just a couple. Um, it is, I'm going to do from where the holidays go, and I'm just like three or four pages. Okay. Um, each page has like four lines and they rhyme. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would do just a couple pages in the beginning and then from Halloween, because usually these are the points from my author visits I do that usually get the most chuckles. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so do you wonder where the holidays go? And what big red barn is Santa's sleigh stowed? What happens to scarecrows past Halloween? Cupid and leprechauns, you know what I mean? A secret city for holidays exists with magical nooks and magnificent twists. This enchanting place named Gomet is miles wide. It's a world where holiday characters reside. This city is where the holidays meet, pilgrims cook, and Santa Claus trick-or-treats. Six holidays diligently work their due, creating goodies and granting wishes too. And then over in Halloween... It's not at all spooky on Halloween court. There are no haunted houses of any sort. Fun houses were haunted before they shut down. Fun houses bring smiles. Haunted houses cause frowns. Long ago, when haunted houses stood here, ghosts shouted boo and wreaked havoc and fear. Creaking, squeaking, and groaning were real issues. Leprechauns cried and used all the tissues. Doors were oiled to remove all the creaking. Mirrors and windows were added for peeking. Houses were painted bright yellow, no longer black. Music plays through the doors, both the front and the back. Leprechauns and gnomes fill the fun house with giggles. Through crooked doorways and twisty tunnels they wiggle. 
Funny faces and bright frames plaster the walls, while gnomes jump in the pit of round, bouncy balls. Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Did you have more? I'm like, I can't even wait to tell you. I love that so much. I love it so much. Oh oh my gosh. Thank you. Well, the Gobble Diner is pretty cool. Um, I actually put Ellen DeGeneres because she is hysterically funny and such a giving person. I actually put her as Pilgrim Ellen in my book. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so she is like the manager. And I actually, my book, this book was made into a musical years ago, and I got to play her on stage. Oh, how cool. So I got to be goofy and dance and be totally weird. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that so much. Well, do you want to read some of that or? If I can find the page. Yeah, no, no, no rush. No. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, here's Gobble Diner right here. Arrow Free Zone. Some of this stuff still cracks me up years later. I love it. Uh, Gomet has one restaurant, Gobble Diner. Where great food is concerned, there is no finer. The pilgrims are simply amazing cooks, but their recipes won't be found in any book. Pilgrim Ellen is in charge of the eatery. She does a great job, but she sure is jittery. (laughs) Dancing and laughing, she is certainly funny. Her character is always zany and sunny. This special diner is open around the clock. It's a friendly place where hungry ghosts like to flock. Scarecrows don't sleep, so they work a few hours, baking and stirring with their great cooking powers. Because I'm a fan of Wizard of Oz, and if you remember in Wizard of Oz, the scarecrows like had no brains, so uh-huh. they were just up all the time. Uh-huh. So I incorporated them in fly little ways in the book. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's really cool. That is awesome. Have you ever thought about <clears> – <throat> excuse me, my voice today. Have you ever thought about um, sending a copy to Ellen? Yes, actually, I have. And I never did. I used to back in the day, I would start writing these letters to her about yeah. it. And like, you're in my book, you should have me on your show. Uh-huh. And then I never like actually sent it. But I do have a dream journal every morning, I write down my dreams and goals. Uh-huh. And that is one of them that I am guest of honor on her show, because I believe that these books have the capacity to go far. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I would encourage you to do that for sure. That's awesome. I bet she would love Thank that. You. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can see it already. So I can't wait. I can't wait. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That gives people an idea to, you know, as they look, you know, towards your books and such, what what to expect. So that's awesome. I love that. So what would you say is your favorite part about the writing process? Oh, boy. I, I would say giving voices to inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I were on a trip years ago, and we're driving to the airport. This is a true story. And there's a little grasshopper hooked on to the side view mirror on my side. And I remember saying, the poor grasshopper, now he's away from his family. And my husband goes, steward the grasshopper. <laughs> and so then we just, like, comically made up this little story and I actually added Stuart the Grasshopper to one of the sequels for the Gomet book but I think I do things like that again talking about the scarecrows like what are they thinking they get put away they're sitting there all year in a shed um it it, it amuses me to think of that um and I I I think when I wrote the novel the Ardendale novel Mm -hmm. I it was based on my dad's dream but it was relation to his parents and so being with my grandparents again when I write it is yes. beautiful. Um, but also, again, with the inanimate objects, um, above every refrigerator in every home in the world, there's usually a small cupboard. Uh-huh. No one knows what's in there. Uh-huh. No one can reach it to get in there. <laughs> right. Like, what purpose does it serve? Right, okay. Right. 
simultaneously, you always lose socks in the washer or dryer. Uh-huh, yes. And there's always a bin in your room, in your room, in the kitchen that has lids and containers that don't match. Yes. You can never find it no matter how meticulous you are. So I actually wrote this story, which hasn't been published yet, but it's done and being edited mm-hmm. about lids and containers and socks that go to live in the refrigerator above the the refrigerator, the cupboard above the refrigerator. Oh <laughs> because <laughs> thank you for laughing. That's because so they're funny. tired of being used. Like the socks were hell, and they're like, oh "Why do God. I have to stink? Oh Why do God. I have holes in me? You keep abusing me." Right. And the cupboards are like, "I sit here and like, and it just so I gave voices to that. So that's a more recent example of. I think I think that's my favorite part is just creating yeah. these crazy. I could kind of see see them sitting there crossing their arms going, heck with you people. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Hey guys, I'm just going to interrupt for one quick second. I wanted to make sure that you knew that we had an opportunity for you to partner with the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast community. Now, I want to be really clear. You are already a part of this community. But if you want to take things one step further, I would encourage you to go to Patreon. I don't know if you've heard of Patreon, but it truly is just a way for you to be able to collaborate with creatives and help to spread the word. And that is the goal of the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I really want to spread encouragement throughout the entire world. And the only way to do that is with your help. So if you would like to check it out, you can go to www.patreon.com backslash Encouragers podcast. Now back to the show. You know what I think is really cool too, not to take this like super deep, but I do think that, you know, a lot of your stories, yes, it's giving a voice to name objects, but like who hasn't felt like just kind of sick of a situation and wanted to get away from it before too, you know? So it's like, there's like an an under, like a deeper meaning as well for a lot of the things that you write. So that's pretty cool. Therapeutic maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's really cool. So as we're getting ready to um, wrap things up, I have a few questions that I ask everyone. Uh, okay. So can I go ahead and ask you those? Absolutely. Okay, great. Oh, I almost I did want to ask you this, though, before. Sorry, before we get there, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm wondering, I'm always so curious when, you know, when people are authors or they're artists or, you know, whatever that may be, musicians, I'm always curious, are you creative in other ways or is this like your main outlet? I am actually, I am fairly artistic. I can draw decently. Uh I wouldn't say that I'm fantastic. Um, My is more, I can draw something. Whereas my brother actually illustrated my holiday book and he does, he's beyond good. There Mm -hmm. aren't words to describe how much I appreciate, respect, honor. I could never thank him enough. And he was out of his comfort zone doing it because it's something he hasn't done in years. And he did it because I'm his sister and he does it at a three-dimensional level for things I wouldn't even consider. Me, the rainbow is red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. Right. (laughs) It looks nice, but it's not going to be shaded. There's not going to be walls. Like, and so I I do have artistic. My dad was, um, we inherited it from my dad. Uh So my dad was actually the director of forensic imaging for New York State Police growing up. And what that means was he could draw if there was a robbery. Uh-huh. He could, you could describe the person my dad would draw and that's what you'd see on TV or more on a crazy level. If there was like a, 
a skeleton that washed up, he could reconstruct the skull Stop and tell you what it worked it. like. You're and kidding. He worked, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he worked on famous cases that made headlines. I mean, yeah. he was, it was, it was very cool. But my point in telling you that was we inherited some artistic talent from him. He can yes. draw like you wouldn't believe. And so I think we just inherited with just, just hereditary. Um, but I also have a creative mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not an interior designer, but I'll say to my husband, you know, I can see a shelf there with a flower on it and then it'll come to play. And even, even better is my eight year old son has really taken over in that sense. He has these visions of things and yeah. he'll go get paper from the computer and scotch tape. Uh-huh. And suddenly he's created this crazy thing. He made um, like a chessboard the other day. He took a piece of paper and he drew lines oh, cool. and he cut out little balls uh-huh. and he made pieces. Like, so I think it's just hereditary. I think yeah. um, that I have creativity just in my blood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I still think there's a component of um, still needing to tap into that though, you know, cause I will often say something like I, I come from a very long line of people who are very, very resilient. I mean, been through some really hard things and just really hard workers and kind people. And, you know, I mean, we all, we have our flaws. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying we're perfect, but you know, so I often will say like, I just come from such a long line of people who have been so resilient that they just do not give up. And one of my friends said to me the other day, something to this effect of, yes, that is true, but you still have to be willing to own that, you know, yourself, you and only you can do that. And I think that's that same way with that creative ability. If you didn't hone into that, you still would not. I mean, you you have some of that, but because you focus on that, I think that that um, helps bring that out even more. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. So can I ask you the few questions then that we ask everyone? I am ready. Awesome. Okay. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? Have you heard her name at all? Oh she- my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you love her as well? Yes, yeah, I have her books. Yes, Do, absolutely. Yes, I know. I, I tell you, I say this every single time I ask this question, and I swear to you, it's because I'm putting it in the universe. I want to go to lunch with Brene Brown <laughs> and like pick her brain and just like have good, you know, good conversation. And she just is remarkable. So you may be familiar. Well, Did you read like Braving the Wilderness then? I have not. Okay. But I have it. I just haven't read it yet. Yeah. No, and that's okay. That's absolutely okay. It is um, one of my favorite books of hers. But, you know, a basic summary of what it says, and there's much more to it than this, but essentially like taking that step into the wilderness alone, you know, it being scary and hard and not really sure what to expect, but taking that step, finding yourself and eventually finding others along the way who also brave the wilderness. So I'm wondering, can you think about a time when you stepped into the wilderness? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, immediately a couple things come to mind. I think, boy, one more surface and one more deeper. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think as a writer, as a kid, you hear, and this isn't from anybody, this is just in society in general says, oh, everyone wants to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to write a book and be a bestseller and then do nothing mm-hmm. and I have to work, right? Mm-hmm. So you hear this story. And so I think as authors, we take chances and we're going into the wilderness and it's very populated, but we're by ourselves. We have our own little wilderness right. and we're taking the chances. And, and in this, I think I've learned my strengths and my weaknesses. And I've definitely learned what my book, how I can bring value to people yeah. um, versus a book that just sits on the shelf. And so I think I've learned strengths and weaknesses through that. Um, but, you know, on a deeper level, um, gosh, this is hard to talk about, but um years ago 
in between my children, my husband and I, like thousands before and thousands after, we had a miscarriage. Oh, and goodness. and and it happens and I'm not asking for sympathy. Sure, sure. But it was definitely the hardest thing I ever had to deal with. And you know, growing up, my mom my, I was with my mom as the only girl. So, mm-hmm. you know, my dad would be sitting in the living room working or reading the paper, but I would be in the kitchen with my mom. She was helping me learn how to prepare a meal or how to sort laundry properly or help me with school projects. And I think men don't know how to deal when something like that happens Mm -hmm. and they don't understand because they're not a woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, my husband was devastated as well, but I think it's different for a woman. And so the men can kind of give you a hug and say, God, I'm awful sorry, Mm -hmm. but it's different when you're speaking to a woman. Right. And Mm -hmm. so during that time, took me a solid month to get out of the way that your hormones in your system. I was three months along. I had to have the surgery. And, and so in that month I had countless people reach out to me, friends, beautiful family, but I really, I was really in myself. And ironically in that wilderness, I met my dad because my dad, I remember going back to Wizard of Oz, Mm -hmm. he had found or had made these imitation shoes from Wizard of Oz for me. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a card and I opened the card and it said that line in the movie that something like, but my dear, you always had the power. And I like lost it. And I'm trying not to lose it now. And I just sat with my dad and he let me cry. And I don't ever remember doing that with my dad. Mm -hmm. And so that was my wilderness. And since then, I've been closer to my dad than I've ever been. Yes. And so I would say on a deeper level, that was my wilderness. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I definitely uh, am trying not to, not to uh, sob throughout the show so listeners can still really you know, hear, hear your message and enjoy it. But that is so beautiful. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing that, truly. Um, that is That's amazing that he had that insight to be able to to essentially gift that to you and i don't mean like the the physical aspect of it but just like the emotional aspect of that like that's amazing yes. i'm so glad that yes. he that he did that and that he he followed that so that is awesome thank you so much so i'm wondering as well if you could think about it doesn't have to be one person i used to ask the question like who's your biggest encourager that is so hard there's so many people along the way so if you had to pick you know even just a handful of people or or just you know a few people that have been encouraging you um throughout throughout life throughout your writing process whatever that looks like for you who would you say oh dear lord immediately i think of my mom my blessed mom she just this week, she texted me. She goes, hey, save two books. I'm going to buy two for so-and-so. Uh-huh. This woman has, she single-handedly was in a lot of ways instrumental in creating me, the musical happening for my book. Yes. Because I happened to meet the director at a, um, just like at a little party. And my mom was the one like, hey, did you know she and my son made a book? And so I just turned into this meeting and then yes. all of a sudden the musical was happening. But um, so my cool. mom just consistently, right? So proud. I mean, and I think both of her children doing it together, obviously. Her yeah. kids. Um, my son, oh, my blessed little son, he came, he comes home all the time. He's like, I told so-and-so about your book. So oh. just a couple <laughs> months ago, a couple months ago, he's like, the librarian needs your book because I was telling her about it. And so I had to like send my books in so the kids could read it. So Aww. my son is like my biggest little precious little. And I was like, I'm proud of you, mom. Um, and my so husband, 
I mean, my husband in countless ways, like behind the scenes, things that people don't see, just like moments I need to work or yes, something just to back me. He is just, there aren't words to describe how beautiful and supportive he has been to the process. Yes. Um, and obviously countless friends, friends who came to the launch party, friends who text me and see how it's going. Endless, endless people. Um, and specifically my dearest friend, um, every day we're texting and she's asking how it's going and supporting me and encouraging me and I don't think there are enough words in the world to describe all these people that make me feel like I'm not crazy yeah. and I can do this. Absolutely. And even in the depths of just deep, hard things going on or I'm stuck or I'm scared. Right. And they're like, you know what? Make it happen. Yes. So I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. I have so many. I love that. I love that so much. You know, I do think that a lot of times, though, you don't you don't just stumble upon relationships like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to be putting out that good into the world in order to make those connections truly with people who are able to be supportive and encourage you as well. So I think that um, definitely speaks highly to your ability to connect with people and, um, you know, build some that's lasting what they relationships. Tell me. Yeah, yeah, that's They awesome. tell me, but you know, I think when you're on this side of it, you think, oh, I'm just sending you a card to say thinking of you or just texting you. And they're like, those things mean the world. Though. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess I am reciprocating it and which is nice to hear, but I don't think much of it because that's just me. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it's that connection piece. I think that's what we're all seeking. And when you're able to do that, especially those really random it doesn't even have to be huge things, but just really random small moments or words of encouragement or, or whatever that looks like um, mean quite a bit. So I think that's great yes. that you do that. You know, I'm wondering, can you tell everyone where they can follow you on social media? And um, we'll definitely post the links on our website as well. But Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, I'm actually creating a Felicity Fox writer page, which is still in the work. So uh -huh. I don't have any guests on that yet. But I do have on Facebook, if you type in where the holidays go, that is a Facebook page where I'm pretty active on and posting like I'm going to be doing a book signing in September awesome. at Barnes and Noble. So I post those things and I will post this sure. Um, on Instagram, I am Felicity underscore Fox nine. And on Twitter, it's Felicity Fox nine. The nine just they generated. It wasn't like a, your favorite number or anything like <laughs> no, that. Yeah. No, 17. Yeah. 17 would be my favorite. Oh, okay. Number. Good to know. But Good to yeah, know. yes. But I like the number nine, so I accepted it. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. And um, we'll definitely get those. Do, do you want us to post your website as well? Yes. Okay. Um, so my website. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. So it's thefelicityfoxhouse.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll get those definitely get that linked on our, our website as well in case anyone has any difficulty finding them. But um, you're, you know, you're easy to find on social media. So I don't think that that will be a problem for anyone. But just in case, keep that awesome. in mind, the links will be over there. So well, I just really, I appreciate you so much, you know, taking time to come on the show and to share your book. I loved being able to hear parts of it. I'm really excited about that. I feel like I definitely need to get that. My son would absolutely love that. I have full faith in that. So I can't wait to check those out more. Well, I would be happy to donate one because oh. you've been kind enough to have me on the podcast. So afterwards, we'll get your information. And I would be happy to send one. For oh, free. well, thank you. That's very kind. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. What an absolute honor and privilege. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. 
For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode. Thank you.